OSS Cubed. Gigantic, a monster, enormous, behemoth. The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th, and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over four weeks. Yep, that's 4.5 million, our most exciting endeavor yet, with three massive main events. It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone. There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each, to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic. And it's waiting for you at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 104 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the ads or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search One Outer Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way is to email questions at oneouter.com. Alternatively, you can tweet them to me or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, episode 104, you were sounding fresh before we hit the record button, so... uh, (laughs) Not, <laughs> not really, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you're always you're always sounding fresh. Nah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Nah, today I'm a little groggier. I'm not really sure why, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm good. But yeah, uh, without you know, without uh, buttering you up too much, even Alex on his BRC game is always good, does good content and good answers to the questions. So. Whatever Alex turns up, it's always good. Thank um, you, sir. So appreciate it. We that. don't like the polished assassinato. You know? <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people <laughs> like the rant. You know, a lot of it is just forcing yourself, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I, I think a lot of people show up and they just, it, it's so weird when you listen to a podcast that's like, you know, downloaded by 200,000 people. It's like, if you could imagine like three and a half Yankee stadiums with people listening to you right now, would you mail it in? Yeah. It's like, well, no. And it's yeah. like, well, why are you mailing it in right now? You know what I mean? And then uh, with this, uh, with this, it's, uh, I mean, you get, I mean, the people we're talking to literally are the people that buy all my products and everything. So this is just kind of, this is to me like maintenance, you know, like they can't, they can't send, uh, if they all send emails in, I'll just all day, all I'll be doing is writing emails back to people. But with this, I can get back to people and that's really nice. So I kind of look forward to this and I try to, even if I'm a little, you know, I, I, even if you sleep kind of awkward or whatever, you kind of just like, all right, you know, (laughs) time to be on. Time Time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I know as well from a few people that have emailed me in and just, you know, said that like words of thanks and things like that. And even when someone sends a question and you're not just answering to them, you're answering to everyone. So it's like, even things some people have not thought of or were maybe going to get in touch and then someone else asks it anyway. So, yeah, right. you, can, you can get a lot of, uh, kill a lot of birds with the same yeah, stone. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I don't know who ever killed one bird with one stone, but, yeah, if I can kill, <laughs> if I can kill two or three, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. 
it's nice when people go like, hey, what could you answer to this question? It's like, well, check out episode 96. I, I answered it, you know. What, yeah. And then they do the, like, what minute mark? I'm like, what do I look like, CNN? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, yeah. man. Like, you got... Yeah, I'm like, if you don't have the decency to listen through for, like, 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, huh? man, like, put it, you're just popping in on your commute, you know? You'll get to it soon enough. Well, I, no, I noticed that with YouTube videos, people post in the comments, like, you know, four colon six, uh, four colon one nine. Yeah. You know, so you you click it and it takes you right to four minutes nineteen of the video for some yeah part that's a, and it's usually like maybe a part that's applicable or the guy's face looks really stupid at that point. <laughs> when you know, are people just and I'm like, are people you know yeah, give me the cliffs. Everybody, nobody's got like time for the and I try and make a point of having time for the long forty five minute an hour podcast or YouTube show. Right. Or whatever, because even like in my own field, what I do, and I I find out these little niche guys on YouTube, and the best guy for like I found for like a lot of the buying and selling, like the antiques and stuff like that, is a guy that's got something like you know seven hundred subscribers or you know whatever. His his videos get like two hundred and fifty six views or something, and his content is amazing. But the guy just he's old school. He just can't be bothered with keywords and doing all the stuff or whatever. He just puts it up, and whoever finds it. Well, gets to enjoy yeah, it's a and treasure hunt. Yeah, the guy is so genuine and so like on point with everything. And then you've got these guys that are like doing YouTube for they're trying to be YouTubers. You know, they're trying to be professional right, YouTubers. Right. So it's all clickbait, it's all this, that, but they've got twenty five thousand subscribers. The videos get like five thousand views, but they're shit, you know, and it's like yeah, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of well Yeah. It, something you said is like people can't be bothered. I uh a friend of mine just turned me on to this program called, I, th- I think it's called Blankster. And essentially what they, they do is, uh, it, what they do is they do cliff notes for like really big books, right? And the way they advertise it is like, what, w- what would you do if you could read four books in a day, right? And then I was thinking, well, obviously that's very interesting, but there's no way to do that, right? Like I, I'm a very avid reader. I can't, I can't read four books in a day. And uh, I decided... So I thought I'd check it out because the one cool thing it does is it does like uh, it does try to like compress the entire book into like 10 pages and try to get it tries to get like the very key takeaways. And that's really nice if you read the book like years ago and you remember the book had a pretty profound effect on you, but you can't yeah, refresh. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's a really nice refresher. But I, I listened to uh, they had like, uh, you know, they had like the keynotes. uh like you can listen to them as like an audio book or whatever, right? And uh, I listened to the one for a book called Essentialism, which I thought was a really good book. It was just about trying to cut away everything that's like taking all of your time. And uh, I, I was listening to it and I was like, well, this refreshes me. But if I hadn't read the book, like this would have done nothing for me. You know what I mean? This would have like the book was way better than this. And I was just thinking, how many people just listen to the cliff notes of everything and just yeah. move on? And if you re- – I, I doubt they made you guys uh, uh, read this book in school. Uh, did you guys ever read Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451? No. It, it's essentially about this dystopian future where they're burning books, and they're, they're trying to get rid of books because they don't like what it does to the populace. And uh, it, it's, it, it's probably one of the most famous books – about censorship in America. So they, you know, they, they, they do make us read it in school. 
But one thing they describe in that uh, book is that one point, you know, people just decided they didn't want to read Romeo and Juliet, right? So then Romeo and Juliet got paraphrased to like a couple pages. And then, you know, eventually it became like an entry in a dictionary, and that's all people read. And then after that, people decided they would just rather watch it on TV. And then at some point, and it's, it's, it's pretty weird, like, to be, you know, that book was written 60, 70 years ago, and you're still, you're seeing people right now, like, yeah, give me the cliffs, I don't, I don't have time, I can't yeah. be bothered, and it's like, and the, the same people are saying that to me, I'm always like, I know precisely you do have the time, and that's the problem, you yeah. know, you don't, it's, the, it's the can't be bothered, yeah, I no, can't that's... be bothered, I can't be bothered, how is it, you know, I mean, I read several hours every day, how do I do that, I'm probably the busiest guy I know, but I mean, it's a, it's it's an investment in myself, you know what I mean? There was a while, I was just so busy with just BS that was like rattling my cage that was making life a little bit harder for me. You know, I, I was going through some real life stuff and I wasn't able to read and I realized I felt really bad. Uh, like once I started reading again, I was like, I felt really bad for like the one outer listeners because my job is to go to the well and like bring it back you know what i mean like I, my job is to read a book and find like the few sentences that are really applicable to poker right and then i just wasn't doing that for a while and that's a if you want to be successful in anything in life you can't read the cliff notes you have to yeah. you have to find that guy that you're talking about on youtube and you got to really pay attention to him a lot of people do this like alex i want to be a poker player man i get all these emails Essentially, what we've been doing with my emails is I have uh, I have an assistant now that just reads me the email, right? And it's really hard for me, but I'm making sure that like nine out of ten emails I don't respond to, right? But I'll tell you the easiest emails to not respond to are like in the reason I'm not responding to emails is just simply it's not because I don't want to; it's just a really bad use of time. And I, I could put out a YouTube video that, you know, literally 3,000 people will watch if I really work hard on it. And then that's 3,000 people getting two hours of content. I mean, do the math. That's way more than any, me being able to write you any kind of email. But uh, the emails that are the easiest to not respond to are the guys like, Alex, man, I really want to, you know, I'm, I really want to do well at poker. I want to do what you've done. But, uh, you know, I need a little help up, man. I need a backing deal or, you know, maybe you could teach me and I could give you like, you know, I could give you like 10% of the earnings or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I, I'll give you everything. You give me nothing and I'll take you yeah. on your word, right? But like the thing that bugs me about that is there when I started playing poker, like I would literally download EPT episodes in German because that was like all there was. Right. There wasn't anything else online and there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't all the books I got at the local library, like nine out of ten of them were absolute trash. There's so mm -hmm. much good. There's so much good stuff out there right now. And it's all you got to do is, yeah, don't take the cliff notes, like really try to it, it, absorb it and then take your own cliff notes. And then eat, what does each one of those bullet points mean to you? And hopefully you're referencing something that goes back to your experiential process when you were going through that material and if it doesn't do that for you it's very likely you don't know it and if you can't do that with the free material that's out there when you already have something you could actively pursue something you could actively work with and you're not pursuing it you're not doing anything with it i don't know what me giving you money is going to do anything 
for? You know what I mean? If you're not going to do it for free, if you're not going to do it for self, yourself, why are you going to do it for you? me? You know, I don't yeah. understand that. That's a, so it's really, uh, it's pretty, uh, I'm already on a long rant. But yeah, college football, it's amazing. You've been watching, <laughs> <Yeah>. Barry? <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, you're not remotely interested. I don't even, wa- I don't even want the quest. Um, <laughs> What, what I would say as well is, sort of touched on it, I used to say to people, I used to get worried, not worried, but certain things I do, you know, with the buying and selling, like, it's quite easy for people to see and then go, oh, I'll go and look out for them and buy them and copy, you know, that and, and right, whatever right. and try. And, and it's like your competition. It's quite easy to see what they're up to, etc. But then the way I sort of realized was you got nothing to worry about because you got to work hard, so the person yeah. that works hardest wins. So people that are looking for the shortcuts, they aren't going to put in the work anyway right. as well to be a threat or to be, you know, to, to really affect your bottom line. The other thing I used to realize was, I always used to say to my mate, you can teach people uh, facts and like things to remember, buzzwords, cliff words, or whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't. You don't get the, the understanding. You know, you can teach someone knowledge. I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can teach someone knowledge, like X take away Y is this, but it's without the working, you're lost. You don't know. You know, it's right, like right. it's like memorizing equations. If you don't know how you got there, then it means shit, really. Right, right. You know, yeah, it's if, like, if you never act upon it, you never really yeah, learned it. And it, it's, yeah. it's just learning, like, how to apply it as well. And, and also, who's to say the cliffs from a book are applicable to that person? There might be this little snippet paragraph line from a whole book that hits one person yes, and changes their life, yes, yeah. but it's not it's not applicable to other people, so it's missed and stuff. So, uh, yeah, read. That's the message. Yeah, no, read, read yeah. In there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go read a book, mother effort, no, yeah. like they, like they used to say in old hip hop. But no, I you touch on something, uh, you you touch on something that's really interesting. Is like people don't want to do. You know what I mean? Like when I was trying, uh, for a while I was trying to live like the civilian life, you know what I mean? Like up at, uh, up at like eight or nine and then I was done by six and I was always overtaken by like, how does anyone get anything done with just these hours? You know what I mean? Like I didn't get how you were supposed to have a successful business. I didn't know how you were supposed to create a legacy with just those hours. I, I didn't know how you were going to take care of a family eventually with just those hours. And lately, I mean, I, I, I've gone back to what I've been doing. I've been trying to, I've been rebuilding a little bit lately and I'm working till 10, 11 PM. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I wake up, I wake up at like nine, you know, I cook breakfast. Uh, I, I get like a big breakfast in. I'm working till like 10 or 11. I might take a break for, you know, I might go work out for a bit. I do take breaks, like I work 50 minutes and then I take like 20 minutes off to just like lay down and like listen to an audiobook. but I pretty much alternate between those until like 10, 11, 12 at night and it, it's a lot of work and then, it, but I just hear people saying like, you know, I want to be successful and it's like, oh, but you know, uh, it, it, it's one of those things like, well, I want to be successful at poker and it's like, well, okay, you're going to have to the thing about poker is there's so much available to everybody. Just open up the videos and uh, it, take out a notepad and start writing down what's very interesting to you and then go try to apply it. Maybe go buy a program where you could simulate a lot of these uh, cases and see if you can find any part where you really enjoy mastering 
that portion of the game. And if you get real satisfaction out of mastering that portion of the game, I think you're going to be all right. And people always go, but Alex, that'll be on my own time. And like, you know, I'll be, uh, that'll be me working on my own time and I won't get paid anything for it. And it's like, yeah, that's life. I'm so, do you know how much I work for free before so I, I became the guy that people probably pay the most when it comes to like, prof- I, I wrote hundreds of articles before anybody paid me anything worth a damn. You know, and I mean, in that I was having fun because I was learning, you know what I mean? And I was uh, teaching, I was expanding my network and everything, but I wasn't asking to get paid at every turn, right? And for years, I didn't get paid. Everybody wants to do what I do, right? Like, they want to have this, like, oh, man, I want to have all the students you have. I want to have, like, the, I want to be able to do the webinars you have. And it's like, man, that's 10 years of work, man. I started, yeah. the first article I published was in 2007, if I was getting 50 bucks in a lunch pail, it was a lot for my original articles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, you want to turn around and tell me, you know, like, you know, all that work to 2016, we're going on in like 10 years now. It's like, you, it's a lot of work for free, you know, before you get anything. And I mean, that's just like the multimedia portion. I'm not even talking about, you know, I'm not even talking about when it comes to poker. Like if you want to get, you know, you want to be in the big tournaments, you want somebody to notice you, you got to be able to know how to work all these programs that nobody else knows how to work. You got to learn how to run Cardrunner's EV, Note Caddy, Flopzilla. You need to know how to look through filters on Holden Manager. It's a lot of work. And it, yeah, and people just, yeah, they don't want to do it. It's like you said, and it's one thing, and it's one of those things I tell people like, if you're just watching training videos and you're not acting on it, you're essentially just watching television, you know? It's yeah. uh, it, you didn't really learn much of anything, and a lot of people are into poker in the way that they're into like NCIS, you know what I mean, or just like uh, just like television shows or something like that, where it's just it's something they, it, 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 I don't understand because I have such incredible self disgust when I don't do anything with myself. I I don't understand how people just passively watch and let it go. And I, I wouldn't wish my condition on anyone where you just have to, like, you don't really feel good about yourself unless you do something really valuable with your day. Uh, but because that becomes extremely stressful and it, like the anxiety, it, it's really hard for me to take time off unless for like five days I've just busted my ass prior. But like at the same time, on the other side of the spectrum, I, I feel like these, this day and age, especially with people our age, like millennials, are like there's a lot of like feeling good about yourself when you've done nothing and I I don't get that at all you know what I mean and there's a whole lot of I read four books today how'd you read four books today well I read the cliff notes get get out of here like who would who would have said that 10 years ago you know what I mean like who who would have said that you know but yeah anyway uh, the the thing about poker like taking it back to poker is people looking for the cliff notes are like yeah, what can I get a shove chart from this position, that position, and they they don't want to know how or why yeah, exactly. you're shoving there. They just want like an idiot card, like how do I play <laughs> kings, you know, from here or you know, and this and that, and, you know. And I know people that used to uh, coach players uh, for the sitting goes and stuff, and it was literally that. Here's the push fold chart from each position yeah. for X number of blanks. Uh, don't question it, and just play it, just do that. And that, that's kind of that mentality. Right. You know? Well, and I, I have people all the time going like, what, what hands would you open from this position? I'm like, look, I could give you an opening chart, but if you haven't learned it four years in, you're probably not going to yeah. learn it now. 
And people always get, like, really mad at me when I say that, right? I'm like, We've actually got a question from a guy similar to Dave. But I, yeah, we're yeah. not going to beat him up. We're not going to no, beat I mean, him up. Well, I mean, like, I give them the process for, like, how I put hands into my opening range and remove hands, and that to me is more interesting. But, yeah, most people get, hopefully he's into that answer, the guy who wrote in. But a lot of people do the, you know, a, a lot of people do the, no, just give me the opening ranges. And I'm like, man, this changes all the time. Like, in the old days, I could open practically anything from under the gun because people would just crap themselves when they saw it. Now I can't open anything from under the gun. I can't open – I, I, I'm better off limpery raising a lot of hands, you know what I mean? And there's like – just because – like literally, if you open like jacks under the gun in the old days, you get like one caller and it was just money in the bank. Now like uh, – you well, know, While you're on this chain of thought yeah. and without – interrupting you as well yeah let's ahead. get right into the first question because i'll let's make this it. one the first question so yeah. this is quite funny uh it's from raymond uh hi i have a question about opening from early position wow i i find myself a little confused in some games when opening early are small pairs and king jack king queen suited etc still acceptable in small to mid stakes tournaments so there you go and that wasn't rehearsed it just uh, yeah that was <laughs> Uh, Lord knows, uh, here on uh, America's Worst Podcast, there's no way that was uh, rehearsed. Yeah, no. Excuse me, worldwide. Scotland, Scotland's yeah. Worst Podcast. You, you know it's bad when you had to go at, outsource <laughs> for an American. But yeah, anyway, there's a... Uh, uh, like, the thing that's really funny is you could separate what you're trying to open, like between... Like two threes, fours, five sixes, I don't open from early position nearly as much because I'll tell I'll tell you what happens these days is you open guy from like the cutoff goes like well if I call it's really likely the button's gonna call because then he'll know the big blind's gonna call so the cutoff calls and then the button goes well I'm gonna call because then it's really likely the big blind's gonna call and then now you have this four way pod and you got a pair of fives <laughs> and it's like well uh, and I'm out of position this is not looking good. And uh, it, this is really a problem with your big cards, right? Like if you have like an ace-jack offsuit from early, under the gun, I just fold it. It's, uh, it's really funny because like ace-jack offsuit to me is like a fold under the gun now because I, I don't want to play that in like a four-way pot out of position and flop the ace because there's a good chance like, I, I mean, with my know-how when it comes to poker, I could maneuver out of it. Uh, but I, I'm not looking to put myself in positions where my best case scenario is to maneuver myself out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not, uh, that's probably not good poker. And uh, it, it, whereas it's really funny because like if somebody opens from under the gun now and I have ace 10 offsuit, I'm three betting for value all day. So we're in this weird, because now they'll like, they, I mean, like I was at the WSOP and there was this guy who was supposed to be like really good guy, like raises under the gun with 10, seven suited. I three bet with ace queen off. He goes broke at, after I value bet like three streets and people are like, yeah, what are you going to do? You got to raise the 10, seven suited and call the three bet. I'm like, you, you all tell me this game is dead. You get out of here, man. That's a, that's a terrible play. Right. And then, you know, it, it's just one of those things like, Oh God forbid you fold the suited two gapper or one gapper from under the gun. Like uh, everybody's got to do their Gus Hansen impression. Now to be fair to that guy, it's better to open that hand than it is to open like the ace jack offsuit because that hand will play better multi-way. But Everybody's calling way too many three bets. So it, we're in this weird stage of poker where I will three bet ace-10 offsuit versus an under-the-gun opener a lot of the time because I, I highly suspect every suited ace is going to flat me and then call down three streets when I flop the ace. 
and like King 10, Queen 10, Jack 10, 10, 9, 10, 8 suited is going to call me as well and call down quite a few streets. But I will not be opening the big cards from early position. I will not be opening the small pairs. Essentially, if it doesn't play well multi-way, it's not worth opening from early position anymore. So the suited broadways that you brought up, those play well multi-way. You can, you, you can play the king-jack suited, king-queen suited for a raise. I like that. That'll play very well in a three-, four-way pot. But, yeah, don't, don't bother yourself. Don't, don't, uh, don't harass yourself with the sixes, fives, fours, threes, twos, ace-jack offsuit, king-queen offsuit, etc. Yeah. And small suited aces and stuff as well. Small suited, small well, uh, small suited aces work okay in multi-way pots. I, I see your point, but they, it, like they'll do all right. But they, it, yeah, again, not preferable. And like mm-hmm. if you like a lot of cash game guys I know who are like a hundred times better poker players than I am, they'll just fold like the a seven suited from under the gun, like uh, just because it will be difficult to play. I I tend to think. I'm of the opinion that if you flop the flush draw, you essentially your bluff bets really rarely need to work. Uh, essentially, a lot of the cash game guys think like on the flop turn in river, there's going to be like a r- lot of raise, three bet, four bet play with the way it is in cash games. Whereas on tournaments, it's just a lot of calling and I'm, I want to see what's going to happen on the next card. And if you have like a 18, 19, 20% rebate, depending on your flush draw, your, your bets really don't need to work as much if the person is just calling, like if you bet the size of the pot, the bet needs to work about 50% of the time. But if an additional 20% of the time you hit the turn, uh, your bet only, and the person doesn't have a raising range, your, your pot size bet only needs to work about 30% of the time and change, which is pretty dramatic. Cause if you can visualize like somebody throwing in the physical chips for a pot size bet and that bet, not even needing to work one time out of three, uh, that, that seems pretty preposterous on, on, the, on the surface that many people would not conceptualize. And when people are just misunderstanding the odds in such a grandiose fashion, that tends to be when you're really stacking up equity uh, in no limit hold'em tournaments. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's go straight into the second question. Uh, this one is from Tony. Uh, here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, looking at taking a few shots at WQ. I've allocated $1,500 separate of my role. Do you think it's best to play maybe two or three high buying games or play as many as possible with the 1500 This is money set aside for taking a shot like you guys have discussed before, so I don't mind if I bust it out completely. Interested in your thoughts, please. I would, uh, uh, the way I would break that down, thank you for your question, by the way. The way I would break that down I, I, it comes down to a personal decision. If what really is going to get your juices flowing and what's going to... It, the thing we, that I can really forget a lot of the time and a lot of professional poker players can forget is poker is entertainment. Poker is very fun. And if what really gets your juices going is playing a $500 W Coupe, I, I don't want to sit here and t- talk about how I would di- diversify your $1,500 portfolio and then take that away from you. And, and if you really feel like a high buy-in is going to get your juices flowing and you could easily walk away from it, then by all means pick, like I would pick one of the Super Tuesdays because that, that's a $1,000 tournament and the, the players that play in those tournaments are ridiculously bad. And that's probably your best shot at going deep. Now, if you're like me and you just like playing poker uh, pretty much in all of its forms, 10Ks or $10 tournaments or whatever it is, uh, I, I would really break this down. 
I, I would have like a swing for the fences budget. I would take like $250 and just invest it in satellites and, see, you know, see if you can you know, see if you can ride up on. I don't know if they have the steps anymore, but you can do multi-table satellites to another multi-table satellite. This is what I used to do when I was like 19 and living in this god awful apartment. And, and that's what got me to the first when the APPT came around, I, I decided to try those for the first time, and I got to go to Manila and, you know, South Korea, the Philippines. I probably wouldn't want to go to the Philippines now, but I, I, you, uh, I, got to go, I got to travel the world just taking a recreational budget that I was very comfortable with losing, and uh, a recreational budget I was very comfortable with losing, and then just playing uh, very seriously when it came to those very small tournaments. Now, I would take, like, your kind of swing for the fences budget. I would also like, I, I would play like the big, what, whatever the big mid tier tournament is like the big Sunday million uh, with like $215 of that. And then I'd invest the bulk of that, like a thousand ish or whatever you got, the thousand and change you got left. I would invest that in a lot of the low stakes tournaments. And I would just really focus on having a lot of fun and focusing, really focusing, getting all the value that you could possibly get from those tournaments. So I'm talking about you have, you do the two table setup on your monitor and you put one table being the actual poker stars table. The other is the replay. Before you play any hand, you replay the last hand in hyperspeed. You take notes on every single player. You mark the hands where you try to take advantage of those notes. You copy hand histories and you try to post them in other forums. Uh, you try to get in contact with the people you know the most about po who know the most about poker and try to see what they think about uh, the hands you played and you really make this a really great learning experience about how to play big field no limit hold'em tournaments now big field no limit hold'em tournaments are some of the most variance prone in the world and they're some of the most frustrating if you have the view that you're supposed to win them if you have the view that hey this is like a very fun lottery because you buy a lottery ticket and you know you pretty much you see if those little inflated balls like go into your, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Tom Brady joke insert here. Uh, you see if the, you know, you see if those like match yours, and then uh, if they do, great. If not, it's over. But with like a poker tournament, it's like three, four hours of entertainment, right? Don't have like the TV on while you're doing it. Uh, you know, you can listen to music that's cool. Just make sure you're taking a lot of notes. I'd also recommend just recording your sessions. Uh, while you're recording your sessions, it's really easy to take notes verbally, whereas it's a lot harder to take notes at, actually in the form of like typing on a keyboard. And I find when people like watch their tournaments with, minus the emotion a little later, they do find that they make a number of errors that they wouldn't have noticed because in the height of the moment, the height of the tension, they're not really realizing some of the more rushed decisions they're making. I think that's a really good experience. Just you try to think about any sport, like what sport do the athletes not watch their game film? And then if you're really trying to be serious about poker, why wouldn't you be watching your game film? And uh, I find that's when poker becomes really enjoyable to me is like when I'm really involving myself in the problems like that. This is how I cashed the WCP main event. Like I didn't get above like starting sack until late in the second day, but I was just so focused on making right decisions, recording the hands, discussing them with my friends, and eventually monetizing them in the form of a webinar that I, I, I really just had a great time. And then eventually, you know, I, pu I punched through in a few spots. I didn't really do a whole lot else, but I did get the cash and I did make $6,000 for three days work. 
And uh, I, I think you could do something very similar with the WCOOP tournaments. Uh, speaking of which, uh, by the time you guys hear this, speaking of monetizing with webinars, uh, I'm going to have a free webinar of mine up on YouTube. So actually, I think I'm going to make Barry put it in the liner notes here. And if he doesn't do that because, you know, he's too busy counting his money with one of those green visor caps in a darkened room in the back of Scotia, Scotland, uh, if you want... If you want to just sign up for my channel, check, click on the Ready to Test Your Poker link. Uh, just go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it. It should be one of the first things. But, uh, yeah, really looking forward, Barry, to this new webinar. I started, I, I started making my first, like, free webinar yesterday, and it was kind of just like, okay, let me introduce the format and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, we'll do this for free, and I'll kind of tell people what it's about, and we'll, we'll discuss some stuff from live poker tournaments that like no i've never really seen published that are yeah. that are really helpful and you know that that'll be kind of like the free content that, you know i i mean to thank you guys for coming through the door and i was like i was having a lot of fun with this and then i i was going through my notes and it's like it is so crazy people are going to get to play i have every hand from my wsop main event cash right like you will get to go into the money in a wsop main like, obviously, through a simulator, but you will get to, if you enjoy Test Your Poker, wait till you get to do this. Like, this is, this is my magnum opus, or whatever you call it. Like, this is going to be very, very interesting. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I hope you guys join me for this one. And uh, just touching on that, in the show notes, I always include the Ready to Test. I know you include poker. that, but I'm saying, like, maybe I'll give you the new webinar if i remember but i i was going yeah. I, I was i was trying to blame you like pre, but uh, people but people can click through that one to get to your youtube channel as exactly, well exactly sir okay well let's go on to the next question then and that one is from sorry this one is from thomas pavlovchik and the subject is little bankroll to start uh hello guys firstly thumbs up for the great content you are creating Second, I would like to ask for help money-wise. Now, when I read this, I thought, oh, here we go. This guy <laughs> but it's just the way he's writing. So it, yeah, it's yeah. Not, he's not asking for help money-wise. Um, I scraped 500 euros together. I would like to hop back into poker, tournaments only. What I want to ask is the ratio between very likely two sites. I can't shake an idea that I should be on PokerStars.com for their software and ton of small stakes poker. On the other side, I know smaller, easier sites is good option. Should I split them evenly between Poker Stars and America's Card Room or something? Thanks a lot, Tom. Nope. You should all go in on America's Card Room because way softer. And the software is pretty good. But no, okay. Now that we plugged our sponsors, honestly, I, I think Poker Stars, you, everything you need to know about Poker Stars, they have told you. Uh, they've told you how much they care about your loyalty. Uh, they've showed you what they care about. And what they care about not is not creating a living for you guys. It's about creating a very recreational poker site. And on a recreational poker site, they're not trying to help the skillful player. And they have very creatively found ways to make sure that the skillful player does not take all the money and run. They're, they've done... Quite a bit, I, I mean, they, they sought to offend 
the the highest earning players because they would like them off the site. You know what I mean? That is the kind of that that is the kind of site they are. If you entrust your money, if you think it's going to be a money making scheme going into poker stars, I, I do respect the fact that they do have a lot of low stakes tournaments. They do have like really good software, but they've been resting on their laurels for a long time, and they're going to continue to do so. I would diversify. Primarily, I would be on America's Card Room. That is the site I play on the most. Uh, it is the softest. It, it is incredibly soft, and I do love how recreational guys could just rebuy again and again and again and again in a lot of those tournaments, and that that's really nice. And um, also, 888 is good, although their tournament structures are kind of fast. iPoker is good, although they've lost a little bit of the selection. I still find their tournaments stupidly soft. And uh, uh, what else is good out there? Party is really good. But, yeah, I, I would uh, I, I would just... I mean, you can put two tables from every site, and then, you know, you can have, like, an eight-table session. Uh, just four corners have two tables from every site. And you will... If the the software, if you use those sites, the software is good enough that you shouldn't run into any problems. I think it's kind of an excuse that a lot of people use, where it's like, well, PokerStars, PokerStars, yes, it has the best software, but uh, and it is nice to just put your tables wherever the hell you want, and you know, know that they're going to pop up, know you're going to have enough time, yada yada. But at the same time, every other reg thinks that. And they all get in there, and Poker Stars is in it for the money, and they're not into just creating an enjoyable experience for the player, which is the stated goal of America's Card Room and a lot of these other sites. So, I, I and also they take a lot of money out of first; uh, they just kind of spread it around. And uh, I'm not really a big fan of that. So I, I would just really stick with I would just really s- stick with the sites that are not Poker Stars. Yeah, and the good thing about AmericasCardroom.com, obviously, is the twenty-seven percent rate back. Yeah, who can uh, take back out anymore, man? You gotta, you gotta get on on that. Get in on that. Yeah, and every penny counts in terms of if you got a five hundred euro bankroll. Um, yes, it does. You know, building that up, I mean, I think five hundred euros is roughly, um, I don't know, it's probably about six something US dollars something like that like that I mean with the exchange rate and stuff so yeah every penny counts I just pulled that number uh, out of my arse as you guys would say but and also from a mentality thing when I remember playing with like a small role I always felt better when it was all like you know it's a small amount as it is but you're still if you've got it all in the one place it seems like you're on top of it like you know exactly right. what you got right. you know exactly what stakes you're playing if you want to withdraw it's one place you can do it and you can sort of like put all your focus your energy into it so I, I would say play one site with a role that size I would say just focus on something and, and just focus on playing and building it up another probably. another thing I would recommend that I really wish I did when I started was I wish I played more heads-up poker, like even very low stakes. And there's a lot of heads-up poker on America's Card Room. Although I hate all of you people who quit on me constantly, you bum hunters. I hate all of you. But, like, uh, you find, like, low stakes. In low stakes, like, people will play anybody, right? And I love that. I love the spirit of gambling. And you can also find, like, anonymous heads-up tables on... uh, uh, it, I, it, I think on iPoker you can do that, and I think on Party you can do that too. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, essentially, 
no, not on party, but I know on iPoker you can. Like, you think about, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but they couldn't figure out why Brazilian soccer players were so much better than everyone else, and it's because they created this game futsal before everybody else, where it was just real close quarters combat uh, football, where they had to, you constantly had to be handling the ball and kicking it down, and you couldn't just kick it down the field. Uh, if you had to kick it down like a foot and then do something else with it, and uh, you, you couldn't just get out of all these bad situations. So what ended up happening is all those guys growing up on that just became incredible ball handlers. And uh, it, eventually it's like that with poker, because if you play heads up, you play a lot of flops, turns, and rivers, and you get a lot of close quarters combat. And the one thing I did do, which I feel like has kept me going while a lot of the American regs are gone these days, is I played a lot of six max cash and six max cash really helped me with like the close quarters combat as far as playing different positions like cut off, hijack, button, small blind, big blind. And that, that was, uh, that was definitely a very good learning experience. And all of that can be had. I would play those small cash games, even like 25 NL, right? Even that I think has quite a bit of value. And if you're playing that with the rake back, there's a lot of times I would forget about the rake back. And then at, at the end of the month, it would be like, Oh, well, there's my there's my rent payment. Holy hell, you know what I mean? Like, look at that. And I mean, it's just about focusing on the practice of the matter. And I, I think really getting that rake back deal, which you're only really, you can get rake back on iPoker, but the places that'll give you rake back have such horrendous software, I don't even think it's worth it. But like, you can get rake back on America's Card Room through our link. And hold a manager will, will work there. Note caddy will work there. You can record hands and everybody, and you will get all the people dumping money from the sports book. You know, it's it's football season right now, baby. So a lot of people <laughs> lose in football, and they try to make it back at the poker tables, and it is glorious. Good God, Barry, how do you not watch American football? Good God, Barry, what is wrong with I I need to hunt out here. I'm I'm not. I gotta hunt it out. What's <laughs> well, I'm not hunt it out, but you know, oh. uh, so well, it's on a lot of the Sky Sports channels, but yeah, it's not really covered here, uh-huh. really, you know. So. Uh-huh. That's bo- That's so. I prefer real football. It's uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse real me. Real football. Soccer. Oh, I hurt um, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Italians lead your uh, league. I don't know if it's real. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I just this, lo- I this love the weekend. It's uh, Celtic and Rangers. Glasgow uh, Celtic Glasgow Rangers Old Firm game. They're always fiery uh, events, like crazy stuff, like crowd trouble and nuts stuff. You know, it's all the previous bad blood between those two. Oh, that's cool. uh, big club. So it's are, yeah. Are it's, there some cheap fouls? Does that ever happen? Do you guys ever hurt each other is what I'm trying to ask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Because, see, this is what happens is when I watch soccer, the reason I took a shot at the Italians is because they're always pretending they got hit. And it's, like, it's really weird to me because, like, if I pretended I got hit in American football and, like, they found out I didn't actually get hit, like, my coach would literally, like, slap my helmet uh, when I got ho- when I when I got home when I got the- see I can't talk anymore because they slapped me so hard but like when I would get into the side like the whole team would rough you up you know what I mean like what are you doing so it's it's just very strange to me to see the Italians do that but if you guys actually hurt each other maybe I can get be- behind this 
Or I like, you know who I like? I like Messi because he never really plays up that stuff. It's like, yeah, I got hit, but I'm up. Let's go. Yeah. You know, let's move along. Like, if I saw more of that, I'd be like, ooh, that's pretty cool. You know, I like that. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll leave, we'll leave the slapping helmet comment as well. We touched on that on our show a few months ago. I remember, remember you said your coach oh, the, slapping your helmet. Oh, and the, yeah. the, dumbest, well, the dumbest thing is we always act like American football is this big masculine thing. And what if you watch it, what they baseball and football, the coach is always slapping your ass, like which is always really weird. <laughs> like, you know, like they tell you to come out. Like, they'll do this in front of everybody, right? Like, it's like, okay, you're pitching, right? And, like, you have a bad game. Coach comes out. It's like, all right, buddy, go go back into the dugout. Slap on the ass. Like, hey, <laughs> what the hell? You know? And yeah. then, like, in football, at least, we have, like, there's so much pads there. It's like, it's not like you're feeling anything, right? It's just, like, but it still looks pretty odd, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, and then we act like, oh, this is such a masculine sport. And then it's like, well, it's, they're kind of running at each other full speed without pads, you know. Maybe that would hurt a little bit more. And ain't nobody slapping you on the ass when you come out. It's just like, hey, you're bleeding. Wow, that looks bad. Well, we're not stopping the clock for you. But yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Okay, so we got time for one more question, Alex. You want to do one more question? Let's do it. Okay, uh, this one is from Greg. Uh, hello, thank you for doing this show every week. I look forward to the next episode as soon as I've listened to one. My question is about playing live cash games. Do you think it's better to play small bursts, say two to four hours, then take a break? Or if the game is good, then just sit there as long as possible and really grind it out? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of if somebody's just donating their money. Like, you're, you're gonna fi- you got to find a way to be at that table, right? And it, the hardest thing is anticipating how long the guy's going to be there. Because there were some guys, like, when I used to play live poker, and this is something I don't really talk about a lot, but I started as a live poker player. I would play, there were some times, like, I would get out of school, and I would be in a live poker game at Friday on 4 a.m., and I would not sleep, and I would not stop until Monday at 4 a.m., excuse me, Friday at 4 p.m., and I would go till Monday at 4 in the morning, and then I, I would, you know, go to school on one hour of sleep and then go through the school day and then come home and pass out. And, you know, the, the thing was there were guys that would show up at a game. Uh, I, I don't want to say this guy's name because if I ever go back to Seattle, he'll get really pissed, right? <laughs> and there's a really good chance he listens to his sh- this show. But there was a guy who would stay at the game until all of his money was gone or he had every chip at the table. Now, fortunately for us, most of the time it was the former rather than the latter. There, there were times he would, he would play every pot. He would never fold anything. Like literally you'd isolation raise and he'd call you a 6-2 offsuit because he wanted to see if he could take you down, right? Like he was yeah. really into that. And if I was getting tired with that guy, it was like, what's the maximum time I can be away from the table? It'd say like 20 minutes. And it's like, well, 25 it, you know, me and my buddy would, well, I, I, to be honest, back in the day, we'd go back to, to his car and smoke a joint and talk. But, like, I, another thing you could do is, like, you could just go to the back of the car and just pass out for 20 minutes and then come back. And then I found that would keep me really fresh up until, like, 5, 6 in the morning when eventually he would do this crap where it's like, oh, crap, I have to be at work at 8.30. I got to make all my money or I got to get out of here, right? And I'd be a lot fresher than pretty much everybody else. And a lot of times... 
I, I, I was pretty good at just, you know, calling him down or, you know, I, I'd get in there and be a little goofier and hopefully it would work out. However, there are some guys that just show up and they're ready to go, right? And they, that might take one hour, that might take four hours, but whatever you do, you're not leaving that table, right? So you got to look at something that was really interesting to me is the last time I was on an airplane, they had one of those placards. It was probably like a Japanese airline because there was no way an American airline would take the time to do this. But it, it was like a, it was one of those placards that said like stretches you can do to like increase your blood flow. And I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. So I tried to do a few of them on my way. I looked really goofy on the way to the on the way to the crapper. And then on, on the way back, I was sorry guys, I couldn't think of the word bathroom, and I had to keep it going. But <laughs> was, I don't know why that was, but uh, I, I felt a lot better, and I was thinking, why don't I do this at the poker table, right? So, and a lot of this is also keeping your physical exercise up. I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge proponent now of eating a lot more meat. Uh, we talked about that in the last episode, but my God, like I've been, I, I just go to like my local. Uh, I, I go to my like local butcher shop and I'm just buying these like big steaks and like uh, barbecue chicken and like sausage for the morning when I'm eating. And I'm like, I just have so much energy and I'm losing so much weight. And it's just, I feel so good these days because I can eat some meat and then I'm okay. Right. You know, I'm not hungry. Whereas, you know, you eat like, I don't know, you eat like granola and it's like, you know, you eat like a pound of that. And it's like, yeah, I'm still hungry, you know? And then, uh, you, you got to keep your, I think a lot of distance running is really good. Uh, I don't know. They were trying to get me into, what was it, CrossFit or what? what I, I heard some joke the other day. A, cro- a CrossFit enthusiast, an atheist, and a vegan all walk into a bar. I know within 10 minutes because they've told everybody. But, yeah, yeah like, there's, like every CrossFit guy is telling me, you got to get into this, man, intermittent. And I'm like, well, with my job, man, it's more of an, an endurance game. You know what I mean? It's not really flashes in the pan you know it, you got to really be going for a long time crossfit is probably way better for you you look at the guys who do distance running versus crossfit people it's pretty obvious who, who's in better shape but a lot of like distance running will help you in this uh a lot of i think you got to lift weights i think that gets rid of a lot of attention because like if you have a little tension like in your arms and then you sit in that fixed position for eight ten yeah. hours yeah <laughs> you can hear barry Bleh. Like, it's just, at the end of it, you're like, oh, my God, kill me, right? Whereas, I I remember at the PCA, it was a few years ago, it was like the first year, I finally just said, screw it, because they used to do this thing where you had to sign up for the gym, right? Like, it was literally like going to a 24-hour fitness. You had to pay 241 bucks for the week at the gym. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I've already paid you guys an arm and a leg in my firstborn, right? Mm -hmm. I got to... But finally, one year, I was just like, screw it, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym. And it was an amazing gym. And I'll never forget how loose I felt the entire day just because I was able to, like, get that tension out of my arms. And, yeah, I, I typically – I think I gave you good parameters about when to – generally, if the table is just normal, I, I would say uh, – I, I mean, you can even do the 50-20 minute rule. Like, scientists have I, – I, I read this article where they were talking about scientists have found – the optimal time for like work and then rest is like 52 minutes on 17 minutes off. I made it 50, 20 because I I can't remember specific numbers and I I can just work forever. Like literally uh, like my mom's here right now and she, she has to be like, Hey, 
you, you, you got to stop working. It's 1130. Right? You've been going since nine, but like you can do 50 minutes on and then hopefully you can park your car near the entrance or something and just go to your car, put on an eye mask and like drift away. And uh, I, I think that's really helpful as far as like keeping your focus through the long periods. That's something I really like about cash games. You can't do with tournaments. Tournaments are so exhausting. Like, could you imagine explaining to somebody like someone's like a union steel worker. All right, guys. Now here we do 55 minutes on five minutes off. And sometimes you don't even get the full five minutes. Sometimes it's three minutes and 51 seconds because something overlaps uh, with the time because you can't finish up work. And it's like, 57 on, three minutes off. Yep, that's what I said. And uh, mm-hmm. you would think about it. That sounds nuts, right? But, yeah, anyway. Anyway, all right, man. Let's, uh, let's okay. bring it home. And, yeah, like a, if you get a real big fish at the table, just stay there till you can sleep the next day. you got to do it. Yeah, I remember sir. live poker, like, guys coming in. Because where our live casino was, Scotland, it was uh, in Dundee. It was literally, you know, a 15-minute drive, 20-minute drive from St. Andrew's Golf Course, and the amount of rich Americans that would come oh. in, and it was like donating money. I mean, you would literally get a phone call, this guy's playing, and you'd go down and play at the casino, and it was just, God. <laughs> he was, oh, you know, so the pot's like eight pounds, and he's throwing a hundred-pound bet in and stuff, and it's like, just sit and wait, you know, it just was hang just, out. yeah, it was great, it was great, I remember when I, you guys like that, I, I hate it when people, like, get mad at those people, I'm like, man, would you shut up, like, you know what I yeah. mean, like, it's like, dude came here to play the game yeah. he wanted to play, let him take the eight pounds for the hundred pound bet, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, well, I was playing in Pittsburgh recently, right, and then, uh, I, I was playing, like, cash, and there was just some guy who sat down, and he started opening to these absurd amounts, and, like, people were like, come on, dude, dude, come on, bro, 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 come on. And I'm like, dude, what the f- are you doing, right? And it, it was like you said, you kind of look like a golfer, right? And I thought, I, I, I don't know if they have a golf course in Pittsburgh or what, but I, apparently it was in for a conference or something. And I was like, what are you doing, right? Like, let him do whatever he wants. Like, and then, yeah, I'm glad to hear y'all. y'all. The one I always liked is if there was a poker, like, I think it was at the Venetian, like, I'd be playing, and then, like, people would, like, strike out at Tau, the nightclub. Like, some guy would go there, and it wasn't ladies' night or something, and then he'd realize, wow, when the ratio is like, 17 to 1, when they run some of these bars pretty bad, you know, they really struck out with the, you know, the women that night, and they would just come to the table and just, like, this $400, it's going to be gone somehow in 10 minutes, right? Or, like, those were... Those were amazing days. Oh, my God. And they'd always reek of, like, the, you know, they would just reek of club trash and glitter and crap like that. And it was just like, woo, boy. Like, you know, uh, did the bottle rat run off with someone else? I'm sorry, man. Like, yeah. you know what I feel mean? like? I, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, that only happens, you know, a mere 93% of the time. You have a right to be angry, right? But, like, yeah, anyway. All right, let's bring it home, Barry. Okay. All right, how can people get in touch with you, Alex, for information on your webinars? You're doing your lessons again and all your other products and your book that's, that's out now. Yes, sir. Um, go ahead and sign up for my newsletter at pokeredrush.com. You just go there and there's an easy place where, to, where you enter your uh, email address and then you get a confirmation email. You just got to confirm there and then you'll be good to go. And, uh, you know, I just sent one of these yesterday and we had like, 
free training videos. We had free articles. We had a lot of stuff going in. And then today we have a free webinar. And, you know, I don't know a lot of people putting in that kind of work. So you definitely want to be in on this. And uh, you can write me if you guys have questions about uh, the products or private lessons or any of that. Write me at alex at pokerheadrush.com. Uh, I know I told you guys I don't respond to 90% of emails, but you will get a response if you're trying to ask me about, you know, the actual services we have going on. I'm not that rude. You know what I mean? You are the guys that pay my bills and stuff like that. So, uh, and, you know, if you have like a general question about poker, you can write me or Barry. We'll, we'll get it up on the YouTube channel or here or something like that. Uh, be sure to check out my uh, newest articles on America's Card Room's blog. And uh, also be sure to sign up for America's Card Room. I'll see you guys there for a lot of that. And uh, uh, also sign up for my YouTube channel. We're going to start, uh, you know, start putting out some more stuff on there. We have actually already put out a lot of stuff. It's just, you know, I've been trying to get back into the rhythm lately with just a lot of real-life stuff going on. And now it's finally seeming to dissipate in some fashion. And, uh, yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, be sure to sign up for that, uh, YouTube channel because there's going to be a free webinar up there about live poker coming up. If you're one of the 3000 people plus who watched ready to test your poker, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a fun one as well. It's a, it's going to be really packed with content. So be sure you check out that replay. And, okay. And also I was going to say there's an exclusive deal on that YouTube video that it, it was going to be applicable. Well, uh, it's going to be applicable to the 14th. When, when will this air? Barry? This one will go out on the 15th, 15th. of okay. September. So yeah. for you guys, well, just reference the One Outer podcast, and I'll give you the 100 bucks off and the free myth. Right now, if you sign up for Assassinato University's first class, uh, 10-week class, Live Poker 101, you're going to get a free copy of the Myth of Poker Talent. I will get it for you. So it, it's supposed to be, it's going to be $800 once we start. Right now it's 700 You can get it for 600 with a free book right now. And uh, yeah, the other thing about that is essentially what we're going to be doing is there's going to be an hour and 40 minutes of lessons. Uh, every, one of those, every one of those lessons I'm going to do like an hour and 40 minutes of like just pure teaching. Like there's going to be a theoretical concept to begin with. There's going to be a lot of, I'm going to put you in a lot of different situations in live poker. We're going to be referencing the first lesson, the second lesson, the fourth lesson, and all these. And you're going to play through a WSOP main event. You're going to play through the SHRPO. You're going to play the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. You're going to play live cash in Pittsburgh. You're going to be behind my chips in every hand. And you're going to see what you would have done, what I would have done, and you're going to have multiple choice questions, and it's going to be the fastest way you can learn about live poker. And if you want to see what kind of data I have to back up what I'm doing, if you want to see what kind of uh, tips I have, be sure to check out that video. And essentially what it's going to be is an hour and 40 minutes of that, and then the last 20 minutes is going to be a Q&A session. And the cool thing about the Q&A session is, of course, it'll be about the content we just discussed, but uh, the other thing is the hour and 40 minutes, I think I'm going to pre-record. Like, I will be there physically when I play the video, and then I will answer the Q&A session. But God forbid there's, like, a connection problem. Uh, if I'm traveling or something, I can just send you the hour and 40-minute video, and you guys don't miss a class. But I don't – That's I like to have backups on backups when people are paying 500 600 bucks a pop. 
but you have like the hour and 40 minutes and then it's a committed class. It has a beginning time and end time and everything is portioned out and ready. There's a PowerPoint, uh, there's the dubbing over and all that. It's all ready to go. And then the Q and a session is going to be at least 20 minutes, but a lot of times it will probably be 40 minutes or so. And you can bring your live poker hands. You can bring your poker questions. It will be like getting a personal coaching session with me every week for 10 weeks. So if you're one of those people that feels like training videos are, you know, like training videos are mostly made by poker pros just trying to cash a check, or you feel like a lot of the poker pros have just told you have better focus when you're playing a live poker and that'll solve everything and you don't know what that's supposed to mean. If you're one of those guys that plays live poker and you have no idea what you're supposed to be looking for, uh, if you are one of those people and you would like to get better at live poker, I think, and if you want like a personalized lesson, personalized in, we will be talking, we will be doing the Q&A sessions. I don't really care how long the Q&A sessions go. It's actually really convenient for me as opposed to sitting there trying to answer everybody's emails. So if it goes for an hour, that's fine. And I will have the energy because I will have prepared the rest of the lessons separately, but you will be getting like personalized lessons for 10 weeks uh, tailored to your questions and concerns. And it'll be $30 an hour if you sign up and you'll get the free copy of the myth of poker talent. So be sure to do that. Assassinato university's first class live poker 101. Write me at Alex at pokerheadrush.com If you guys have any questions about that. Okay. And keep your questions coming in for Alex on next week's show questions at oneouter.com or tweet them or post them in the Facebook group and I will get them read out to Alex and he will answer them. Until next episode, thanks for listening to this one. Cheers. Cheers. OSS Cubed. Gigantic. A monster. Enormous. Behemoth. The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th, and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over four weeks. Yep, that's $4.5 our most exciting endeavor yet, with three massive main events. It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone. There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each, to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic. And it's waiting for you at America's Card Room.